Let's go to the Word, shall we? I'm going to go right to Ephesians chapter 1. We're starting a brand new series today, brand new series called Equipped. And if you've been reading in the book of Ephesians, just even chapter 1, you'll soon find out you cannot exhaust this book. It's, you could go over it and over it and over it. And um, I was studying this week, and I have multiple resources. And I went to my library and found all my resources on Ephesians. And I dug up one old book that the cover was wore out. There was underlining, and it was Pastor Higgins' book that he used on studies of Ephesians 20-some years ago. The book was written in around 1913. And um, you could tell by the British way that it was coming out. It was from Britain. And if anybody knew Pastor Higgins, he, he talked like this because he's an Englishman. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm a redneck from Charlotte County. So <laughs> but anyway, resources. You can't exhaust this book. But what I do pray for is that we can get what I believe the Holy Spirit would have us get out there and speak to our hearts. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. We thank you for your people, your chosen people. So, Father, I pray you speak to our hearts today. You minister today. And, Father, that we be equipped with your word and with your spirit and love for one another. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, My heart and my prayer today is that this series that we're going to teach will assure everybody here that Christ has equipped the church for victory at every level. That's my heartbeat. To let us know that he has equipped us for victory at every level. Physically, financially, relationship-wise, church-wise, supernatural-wise, whatever way it may be, he has set us up for a win. I'll say it again. God has set the church up for a win. Amen? You know, there's a lady by, that went by the name of Hetty Green, and she passed away in 1916 and left an estate that was well worth $100 million. But it was said about her in a biography that she ate oatmeal cold because it cost too much to heat it up. She lived with this amazing, crazy amount of wealth, but refused to use and glean on her resources to give her a comfortable setting or a comfortable life. We can all read that and say, wow, that's crazy. Who would do that? Who would have a net worth of, now in today's dollars, a $100 million net worth is not really that much. I was looking just last night, we were watching Toronto Maple Leafs trying to beat up the Montreal Canadiens. I'm glad that Montreal won, but we're still number one, Toronto. <laughs> and we were just yakking about how do they pay these crazy salaries with no fans in the stands and how they do that. And I got reading, just looking around, and the average salary in the NHL right now is around $100 million. I think one, one no, sorry, I got that num number wrong, $1 million. And one guy is getting paid $13 million a year. 13 million. If you have all the wealth in the world, if you have everything, but you don't tap into the resources of it, what do you have? Jesus said this way, you can gain the whole world and what? Lose your soul. There's nothing wrong with worldly wealth if that worldly wealth is going to a worthwhile venture. Amen? I'm not going to talk about the wealth of an NHL player, or a football player, or a European soccer player, or a star musician, but I am going to talk to you and I about a wealth that you and I have. Number one this morning, I believe with all my heart, and you'll find it in Scripture, God's crazy about you. He's crazy about you. It's Valentine's Day. Woo! You look at your honey and say, I'm crazy about you. She may look back and say, well, you are crazy. <laughs> it's all right. You laugh in church. Jesus has a sense of humor, too. Max Licato said it this way. God is crazy about you. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on. If God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. Whenever you would walk, talk, he would listen. And you might go days without thinking of him, but there's never a moment, there's never a day that he's not thinking about you. Amen? 
Ephesians 1, verse 1 to 6. I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every... Everybody say every. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. If you want to know what you have and what God has given you, He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Amen? In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame. Praise be to God. Before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. What is God's good pleasure? That he adopt every man, every boy, every woman, and every girl. The adoption process is on, and there's no red tape. The only red that you will find is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only red tape in this adoption process. To the praise of his glory, by which he made us accepted. Everybody say accepted. I am, I say I am accepted in the beloved. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you understand it or not, He accepts you. Glory. You woke up in victory this morning regardless of how you're feeling. Amen? Regardless of what's going on, He has set you up for a win. Here's what I want to make note of this morning when you're taking notes or online is this. Jesus Christ is the doorway to all of the blessings of God. Jesus Christ is the doorway of every blessing. You say, well, I want, I want protection. I want victory. I want health. I want wealth. I want to be a blessing. Go to Jesus Christ. You can't lose. We just read it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you, everybody say, me. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a people belonging to God. You know what's going on in this earth that you and I see right now? There's many people that struggle with a belongingness deficit. They wonder, do I belong here? Do I belong there? Am I even wanted anymore? Do I even have a self-worth? Am I worth anything to anybody? But God says, you know what? I am bringing you out and you belong to God. Amen? You belong to Him, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into a marvelous light. Amen? Now, I'm standing up here this morning because of the TV cameras, because there's TV cameras around the room. And in order for that to give out a good projection, they need about 30 to 40% white light on me. Because of that strong light, I can see you folks out there, but it's not as clear as if the lights wasn't there at all. Now, how can I spiritualize that? Because you could spiritualize just for whatever you want. When you are in the light of Christ, the light coming down from you, from God to you, and the word, the light of the word coming down is so bright, that's all you see. If you want victory in your life, if you want to win those battles in your life, if you want to get to your next, turn that light up. So the only thing that you see is the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? I can promise you, if you get out your phone and look through social media and the newscasts, you'll find the darkness of this world. You'll find the chaos of this world. You'll find the clutter of this world. You'll find the division of this world. You'll find the hatred of this world. You just got to watch the news this week and see there's a country south of us so divided, they don't know what's coming next. But I tell you what you and I need, whether it's in Canada or the USA, we need the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus. Jesus Christ shining down upon us. He has taken us out of darkness and then put us into a marvelous light. 
Number two, everybody say it together. We are chosen. It's been so cold here lately, you could say you're the chosen frozen. <laughs> Let's read 7 to 12. Ephesians chapter 1, 7 to 12. In him, who? Him. We have redemption. Redemption, the word redemption even in the Greek means get back to its original purpose. Get back to its original purpose. Its original design. In him, in Christ, he brought us back to our origins. In him, he brought us back to the way that he designed us and created us to be. Everybody getting this? In Him, in Him, we have redemption. I can't not get back any other way. Mohammed's not going to do it. Buddha's not going to do it. A, a culture set is not going to do it. But in Him, we get back to the original purpose. We get back to the way that God has created us to be. Through how? His blood. I know what I'm starting out today. It could be cornbread and beans. But somebody, you could get this revelation today that in Jesus Christ, I'm getting back to how he created me. Because remember, he created you and he knew you and he thought about you. While you was yet in your mom's womb, he knew all about you and had thoughts and had plans for you. And when you come to Jesus Christ, he redeems you back to that original blueprint, that the DNA that he was putting together. And how does he do that? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ you and I have forgiveness of sins according to the richness of His grace. I got to make a pit stop there. Why do you struggle? When I say you, the word you, it's a very general term. But why do the people of God struggle with the same battles over and over and over and over again. And sometimes can't seem to get the victory. I'm going to submit to you this morning that I believe one of the biggest reasons that you and I and the people of God can sometimes battle and never seem to get past that thing, whatever that thing is, is because we do not have a clear understanding and knowledge and revelation of the redemptive work that happened to you and I in our spirit man when we came to the altar and said, Father, forgive me, I am a sinner. Father, forgive me and take every sin and wash it under the blood. And I believe what you did on Calvary. And I accept what you did on Calvary. And I know that you gave your best. You were God's best when you died on that rug across and you came out of that grave triumphant over death hell and the grave when that sinner man or sinner woman or boy or girl comes and prays that prayer of repentance there is a work of redemption that happens at that moment that takes your spirit your soul and gets you back to the way he created you to be and all you've got to do is walk in the room and confess with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times. He might gather together in one all things in Christ. By both which are in heaven and which is on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purposes of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. That's powerful deep stuff right there. We could write three books just on what I read right there. But how can we sum this up so everybody gets simply this? He loves you, he created you, and he wants to do all that he can to get you back in his arms of love again. And while you're in his arms of love, you have victory, 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 blessing, 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 blessing. Why? Because of the richness of his grace. So maybe you, I just want to make pit stop as my spirit speaks 
to me this morning. How do we get there? Whether you've been on this journey for a long time, or you're just starting out, take the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. I have with me a new King James, but I've studied out of the, the Amplified. I studied out of the NASB. I've read the message version. What I'm saying to you and I simply this morning is it would behoove every one of us to take Ephesians chapter 1 and read it, read it, listen to it, listen to it. I've got it downloaded on my iTunes. I've got it in my phone when I'm going to bed at night listening to it. And what it does, it brings revelation. It brings knowledge and understanding. Because here's what I need to, need to remind somebody today. Is you're battling battles that are over and over and over again. But God says, you know what? Enough is enough. You don't have to fight those battles again. And here's the battle. Is that the enemy does not want the church knowledgeable. And what God has done for you has already done for you he's not doing it it's already done what do you mean the curse of sin has been removed the curse of death has been removed the curse of negativism has been removed the curse of sickness has been removed that curse of being not worthy not being well enough not being capable enough has been removed that curse that held you back from the blessings has been removed and because of the blood of Jesus Christ you have access you have access I remember when the kids were home, seems like forever ago now, but every once in a while the kids would run into the store, GT Boutique or the dollar store. GT Boutique is my version of Giant Tiger. And I, 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 I'd hand them my debit card. Dangerous thing to do. Talk about walk by faith. Good thing she taps out at 100 bucks or something. Like, I don't know. But they, they would grab that, and of course they would tease me, because ha, ah, and they waved the card at me. Because I knew they could only tap up to 100 bucks, because after that I had to give them the pin code. But here's what they knew. They knew they had access to my resources. They walked into that store with absolute full confidence that they, they would tap that card on that machine, and it wouldn't say decline. They knew that they would go in and get the resources that they needed, and tap that thing and the person at the register would thank them for the day and give them their seat and on the way up to go. Now that's a simple little illustration. But as simple as it is and seems, that is exactly what Ephesians 1 is telling you and I. You walked up, God, I need resources. I need help. I can't win this battle alone. I can't climb this mountain alone. You told me to speak to this mountain. You told me to speak to this virus. You told me to speak, speak to this disease. He said, no problem. Here's my debit card. You have full access to all my resources. You're not just around me. You're not just hanging out with me. You are in me. You are within my resources and you have access to everything I have. That's why he said in verse number 3, He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. He has blessed you with everything that Jesus was operating here on the earth. So you and I operate as well. That's a hard thing for you and I to comprehend. But that is the authority level that he has let the church be equipped with. He has equipped us with his word, with his spirit. And he has equipped you and I with access to everything. He has equipped you and I with the same resources that put this earth together in the first place. He has. We live below our means many a times, but we don't have to in any way, shape, or form. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. As His divine power has given to us all things. Everybody say all things. That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these 
you may be partakers of the divine nature. Glory to God. Haven't escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We have been provided an escape route through the richness of God. We're not looking on at God's goodness. We're not looking around at God's goodness. We're not looking at power. We are partakers of God's power. Glory to God. He's given us all these things. And if you're wondering, what can I do? I'm telling somebody today that the richness of God's grace, now we can have a clear understanding when he says to you and I, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It will quicken your mortal body. He's telling us in Ephesians chapter 1, everything I laid on Christ, I laid on you. Access is wide open. There's no shut off. There's no cut off. You've walked into this thing and you now partakers of it all this corruption of the world and heaven knows there's corruption in the world and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole but through the blood of Jesus Christ we've escaped we've escaped that racket amen that's why we can be in this world and not of this world. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. Therefore as the elect. Ever say elect. The elect of God. Holy and beloved. Put on tender mercies and kindness and humility. And meekness and long suffering. You know what? You are the elect of God. There's an election. That was had. And it wasn't hacked. And this election was for you. This election was for every man, woman, boy, and girl. And his vote was the only vote that counted. And his vote's the only vote that will ever count. The world is corrupt, so you're going to find all kinds of junk in their elections, in their processes, in their policies. Don't be shocked when you look at the world and find out that this was found out to be false and this was found out to be false and that was found That's the world you and I live in. Hello, that didn't start in the last 12 months. That's been going on for a long time. That started back at the tree and corruption will never stop till Jesus Christ is back for the church. But the good news is this, that during this time of mess-ups and corruption and everything going on, the, reali the reality is this today, is that you and I have been moved out of that realm, and now we are elect of God, and we are holy and beloved, and we're now blessed, and we're now favored of God. Titus chapter 1, verse 1. I, Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords the, with godliness. What's he saying? We're elect. Chosen by God. Sometimes your next battle, your next win is just realizing that you are God's chosen people. That he elected me. Lastly this morning, chosen for a purpose. Ever say I'm chosen for a purpose. Verse 13 to 14 of chapter 1, Ephesians says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. I've been chosen for a purpose, and God has brought us out. Now, here's what he's done. He made a way through his blood, and then he seals us with his spirit. He made a way through the blood and chose to seal us with his spirit. You and I have this coating around us. We have this protection around us. We, no matter what comes our way, it has to deal with the Holy Spirit before it touches you and I. Now, here's the key. The Holy Spirit will protect you. When you made up your mind, the Holy Spirit is your protector. 
The Holy Spirit is much more than making us feel like we got a few doodads on the back of our neck. The Holy Spirit does a whole lot more than what they say down south, help you do the huckabucka. The Holy Spirit does a whole lot more than back in the old days they used to call some of us the holy rollers or those guys that dance. Or in Acts chapter 2 it said, they're not drunk as ye suppose, seen it being but the ninth hour of the day or however Peter went on about this. It's much more than that. There is a seal that goes over the child of God. And that seal that is over you and I protects you and I like a good old can of preserves. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16. For everything. I'm going to say everything. Absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. What's the purpose? The purpose is this. That we're not here for us, but rather we're here for him. Colossians 3, 1 to 4, since then, since then, since what? Since you were lost in your sins. You've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So I want you, I want you to get this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, when the enemy comes in to torment you, negative thinking, anxiety, depression, beating yourself up, I want you to take this passage and read it, Colossians chapter 3, 1 to 4. That, no, we're seated with him, we are with him, and Make up your mind that this is what's going on in the spirit realm. Not because this guy said it, but because the word of God says so. That now I am hidden with Christ in God. The enemy comes along to hurt you and to nag you and put negative thinking. And he can't find you because you're sealed up and you are in hiding. He looked this way and he looked that way and he looked the other way. But you're in hiding. Hiding from what? You are hidden in Christ. He can't find you because all he found was the blood. He can't find you because all he found was that you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. So why is it you and I can battle and struggle and go through all these ups and downs and mountains become molehills and molehills become mountains? Why is it we go through these moments because a child of God, I'm declaring and decreeing we need a revelation of who we are and we need a revelation of whose we are. I'm not making this up. This doesn't come from Walt Disney nor Netflix. I'm telling you what God has to say through the powerful word of God that you are hidden in Christ. You are sealed in Christ glory a double dog dare you to take this stuff home and read it and say this means me and Satan I'm tired of being tormented and being whooped up and hit I'm hidden in Christ you can come find me all you play hide and seek all you want buddy but I'm hidden in Christ and I'm going to join the things of God this week one more scripture. I've given a lot, and I could have given you a whole lot more, but just one more. See, Paul was getting this word up to the folks of Ephesus, and his heartbeat was no different than the heartbeat for the global church today. Ephesians 1 and 18, it says this, I pray, I pray. And there's several prayers, and we're going to get into those prayers before too long, but not today. But Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He wrote this letter to believers. Now I want you to get this this morning. 
I'm not bringing out this word in a condescending spirit. Like, I know more than you know, or I'm better than you are. That is not my point. Please hear my heart. Paul wrote this letter to believers. He wrote this letter to the church. He wrote this letter to a beautiful group of believers, just like I am looking at today in person or online. He looked at a people that got up every day and worked hard, that got up Monday morning and went at it. They also, he was right to people that fought battles. He was right to people that had more months than they had money. He was right to people that had bad reports from the doctors and bad family situations. But he was right to a people that he was convinced without a shadow of a doubt. There was more for them than that what they were seeing. And his prayer. And my prayer is this to the sporting. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know because when you see then you will know how do you see number one faith faith in God and the word of God believing that what he says I am and what he says I can do and I will be and father you, you can you can open your eyes and you can open up your heart and say God would you just enlighten my eyes Father, I want to see what you see. I, I, because when I see it, then I'll know it. And I, I challenge you this afternoon or this week to take this book of Ephesians. And before you open up to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, say, God, before I begin to read, I want you to open up my eyes. I'm not going to read this from someone that has a, a doubt mentality or a self-pity mentality. I'm going to write this as one that says, you know what? I am chosen of God. I'm of royal priesthood. I'm of a holy nation. And God, you brought me from darkness to a marvelous light. Now flood your light on me now. Open up my eyes that I can see. Open up my heart that I can receive. Because here's the thing. Seeing is knowing. And there's many times right now in 21, you're going to have to walk by faith because you're not going to see it with the natural eye. But you will with the supernatural eye. And I promise you, not because I said it, but because the Word of God says it, when your eyes begin to open up to the supernatural, you begin to understand the richness of the glory of His inheritance. How will you know the difference? Because it's important to know that when you see it, you know it is. And this is as simple and as basic as I can keep it. Who here right now is going through a battle or a struggle? I see some honest hands. It's, it's okay, we can be real. Let me ask question number two. Who here has gone through a struggle that's been longer than a few days, but it's been dragging on and on and on and on and on, and you wonder, will that cloud ever blow away? Now, I understand where I'm coming from because, again, I'm not being condescending. I'm not being bigger than thou. That's not my heart. My heart is this, is that the next time you approach that situation, the next time that you approach that moment, that battle, instantly, instantly, you stand up to that thing and say, you know what, I am chosen of God. I am chosen of God. I'm hidden in Christ. I'm sealed by His Spirit. I walk in all heavenly blessings. I walk in the inheritance of God. And I have knowledge and awareness that His victory is my victory. And I will go through this and I will get through this to the praise of His glory. You're mentoring with people all day long, Vern. These guys are going to wake up. These gals are going to wake up in boardrooms and offices and realize, you know what? We have a way of escape. I'm sealed. I can see now. And you know what? I see clearly, clearly now. And I know. Some of you look at me and say, how do you make it through some of your battles and some of your struggles? And believe you me, there's many of them. I pray every day 
God opened up my eyes, not to see what a man could see, but you could see. And whatever you're looking at, that's what I want to be looking at. Hence, I look up on things above, not things below. He's equipping the church for one of the greatest works we've ever heard tell of. It isn't going to start, it already has started. But there's a trick and there's a trap, and then I'll stop with this. But there's a trick and a trap of the enemy. He wants, he doesn't care if we come to church, he doesn't care if we sing a few songs, he doesn't care if we do our little thing. But I tell you what Satan does not want, now you hear me clearly. What Satan does not want the saint of God or the child of God to have an understanding of is who you are and whose you are. His mission is to shut the church down with a high level of ignorance. And here's how he's doing it. I'm just speaking from my spirit. He has put something in the young of God, the young people of God, that finds this book boring. It's not interesting. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I'm too hectic to get in this book and read it. And he's trying to put that within the church. And I'm just speaking to you from my heart today. And he's trying to put that within the minds of the believers. Well, the preacher's got a new series. I'll just take that and run with it. That's like going through McDonald's and grabbing a Happy Meal and expecting that to sustain you for the rest of the week. Not going to work. Satan is about trying to put out these traps and put out these snares and put out these wiles to get the people of God so busy doing everything else that we're not in this. And my prayer is simply this. God put it in our heart that we can't go a day without this. I promise you, you go seven days, 30 days, 72 days, put yourself a 100-day, 20-challenge on, do something, and get in this every day. Listen to it, watch it. There's all kinds of apps for you to download and watch, read, listen to. You will be changed. It will change you. Father, right now, I know that you're equipping. I know you're equipping. I'm looking at some amazing, awesome people online and in person. And you're navigating our hearts and you're navigating our minds. You're navigating our spirits. You're navigating the church even through all these crazy moments we're in right now. Because you're the captain of this vessel. My not only are you the head of the church, you are the captain of these vessels. Hide us in you. And Father, clearly enlighten us and take the scales off of our eyes. That we would see where we are in Christ. Somebody you need to know today that you're set free. You already walk in freedom. You already walk in authority. And you walk in power. As we all stand together this morning and begin to pray and seek the face of God. Somebody you got to be reminded and be told one more time. There was an election. And he voted for you. And he chose you. He chose you. He chose you. Let's just begin to worship for a moment, shall we, as we prepare our hearts for worship in Jesus' name.
was, was and, and is, and is to, come. to come. We know, we know. With all creation I sing praise Hallelujah. to the King of kings. We give you praise. You are my High everything. everything. And I pray, I want to pray a prayer of faith. I want to be very clear that a carnal mind just doesn't work. A carnal mind, it doesn't work. A mind full of faith, it does work. Romans 8 verse 8 says it this way, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's against God. Rejects that stuff. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But, I'm glad for that but sitting there in verse 9. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. This guy gets up and preaches about victory and promises and inheritance and blessing. It can't happen in the fleshly, carnal mind. But I got good news. If you have called upon the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, so I don't feel much in the Spirit. I fought three times just to get here. 
If you knew my week this week, I wasn't in no spirit. It don't matter. Because he that is called upon the Lord Jesus Christ is within you. And if he's in you, then you can understand it and know it. So how do we pray? So before I move forward in prayer, I'm going to pray this. Lord, we will not be carnally minded. We will be spiritually minded. Now, I saw hands go up around here a little while ago saying, I got battles, and I got struggles, and I got this, and I got that. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but what does God say? He will deliver us from them all. Now, how does he do the delivering from the all business? By getting the child of God out of the carnal mind into the spiritual mind. Amen. That's how we win these battles. I could come here this morning and hype you all up and be Mr. Evangelist and get you all fired up. But basically, it puts a little bit of fumes in your tank. Then you go home and you could run out by Tuesday afternoon. But what you heard today is meat. Meat. So my first prayer this morning is this. Is that everybody here that wants to win these battles, my prayer for you is that we will think with a spiritual mind. Not a carnal mind. What's a carnal mind? Well, I've tried this before. i prayed 15 times before. God doesn't get it. Oh, whatever. It is what it is. I guess God's beating me up. I've heard people say that. God's giving me a whooping. God isn't giving anybody a whooping. God's not beating anyone up. The only one he's going to beat up is the devil. He's blessed you up. And then after I'm done that, I'm going to pray a prayer of faith in whatever battles and struggles you're going through. If you want to come up to the front, come on up. We'll make sure we follow the guidelines and all that good stuff. But if you want victory today, this is your victory moment. This is your victory moment. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray across this auditorium, I pray that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. That our heart would receive and see what your heart says about us and for us. Father, I pray today that when we see what you see, we will know what you know about us. There has been a way of escape. There is a hiding going on where we are hidden in Christ. There is a sealing going on where we are sealed in Christ. And we will then know about this hope, this glorious hope of the calling. What's the hope that he has called you and I out of darkness, out of hopelessness. He has called us out of pitifulness. He has called you and I out of a sin-filled environment into a blessed-filled environment where we are blessed with all heaven's blessings. And Father, I pray our eyes will be enlightened. The eyes of our heart would see exactly what your word says about us. And I command right now every trick of the enemy. I command every wile of the enemy. I command every distraction of the enemy that would try to blind the eyes of the believer. I command those distractions and those shades and shutters be gone in Jesus' name. That somebody here today, in person or online, would understand and know that, you know what, they are the elect of God. They are chosen of God. That they have access through Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed for them. That, Father, you love them. That you are absolutely crazy in love with them. And, Father... May we all see, as verse 22 reads, that you put all things under your feet. And you are head over all things and head over the church. Which is his body and the fullness of God who fills all in all. That's who we are. And now that we prayed... And I believe from a prayer of faith that our eyes will see. Our hearts will see. It's now time to take our wants and our petitions to the Lord. Right now. I know there's people here struggling with sicknesses. 
diseases, issues of all kinds. But that's not the will of God. The will of God is for you to be free. Free. Remember what we just read. He put all things under his feet. Every say all things. That means depression, mental health issues, organ issues, virus issues, disease issues, suicides, self-hate, all those things. He's put them under his feet. Under his feet. They're under his feet. Knowing that those things of the earth are under his feet. And knowing that he is the head over the church. And knowing that all of God's fullness is now inside of us because in him dwells the fullness of his spirit. You and I can walk in victory. He has equipped us with that level of victory. So whether you want to come to the front and accept that victory or stay where you're at, that's your call. But I'm going to pray right now in Jesus' name. If you want to stand, you're standing just because I'm believing and I'm standing in an act of faith. And I'm believing God for God's goodness for me right now. Anybody else? I won't beg. I won't make fun. I won't put you on the spot. Nothing. I won't do anything to embarrass anybody or make someone feel uncomfortable. That is not the Holy Spirit. He doesn't do that. Anybody else? Okay, we're going to go. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I'm talking to some awesome people in person and online. That, Father, right now in Jesus' name, Everything of this earth is under your feet. I'm calling out anxiety. I'm calling out depression. I'm calling out suicide. I'm calling out our sons and our daughters. I'm calling them out in Jesus' name. I'm, Father, speaking to eyes that are now open and ready to receive. I'm reaching out to people that have been battling big battles, mountains, valleys, war zones. Father, right now, may we see we are now hidden in you. We are now sealed by you, Father. That we walk in victory. There's never one moment, there's never one second that you don't walk in victory. And that is what we, the child of God, walks in as well. And we stand assuredly. We even sit in heavenly places. And Father, everybody that their hand went up, they get up on their feet and said, you know what? I am believing for a good report. I'm believing for a change of tide. I'm looking for a new mindset. I'm looking on an up look, not a down look. I'm looking up and I'm looking at the things of God that are coming for me. And they are yea and they are amen. And I will stand on the word of God. I've stood on my own mentality. I've stood on my own understanding I stood on my own concept I've even written out myself my own prescription of how to get through these things but as of today February the 14th 2021 I chose I make up my mind I am the elect of God I am chosen of God I am sealed by his spirit I am covered by his blood I am hidden in Christ I am well aware I walk in victory and I have a way of escape Fire above all principalities and powers and dominions. Everything, he's above it all. He's above it all. He's above it all. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know what I believe? As we get ready for one more song, we just get to leave it at the hands of the Father. Leave it at the feet of the Father. I believe that if you take this word, I know, not because I said it, but because the words that says it. If you take this to the Lord, if you leave it with the Lord, You'll have victory. You'll have victory. Let's just worship one more time and let this sink in before we go home today, shall we? Amen. Amen. Lord, I come. I confess.
guides my heart. Father, you take us from this building, but not from your presence. I pray, Father, this week that you get us in your word. I pray, Father, this word leaps off the pages and into the hearts of men and women. I pray, Father, that we understand and we have a full knowledge and a full awareness of exactly what you have for us. Not just what you have in store for us, but what is right here and right now. Father, we need you. And we need your word within us. We're going to walk out this week in a week of victory. We're going to walk in a week of authority. We're going to walk in a week of triumph. We're going to walk in a week where, you know what, I'm going to fight these battles and I'm going to win these battles. I'm going to face things that I've faced before and maybe I walked away in fear or worry or discouragement. But today and moving forward, I'm walking in faith. I'm standing my feet upon a rock. I'm not building on sand. I'm building on a firm foundation. I'm building on the rock, Christ Jesus. I made up my mind, Phyllis. I am the elect of God. And there's no other vote that counts but that vote. I made up my mind that, you know what? I'm under the blood. I am sealed. I'm hidden in Christ. I don't know about you, honey, but I made up my mind where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be sitting, where I'm going to be standing, where I'm going to be walking. I made up my mind. This is what the Word says I am, and this is what I'm going to do. 
Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Power play. Get on the ice. Get on the court. And make up your mind as the best shift of the week. You're going to win this thing. You're going to win your battles. Go. And God be with you. In Jesus' name. Maybe the band could keep on singing and we're just going to keep on worshiping. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock or 1130. Amen. God bless.